Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose, going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations, going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? We do not have a guest today. We've got a yes or no segment, but uh, I do have a couple really good guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. Um, so you will, we will return back to our regularly scheduled guest content um, where I ask them questions and we have a good conversation. Uh, but today, um, I had very little for you. So uh, this is where I pull out the uh, the yes or no, uh, the Michael Knowles uh, game, yes or no. It's kind of a uh, if those of you that don't know, maybe you're new to the podcast. Michael Knowles is a political commentator. Uh, he really commentates on commentates. He really comments on uh, a lot more than politics, you know, life in general. But uh, he's got a political show where they focus on uh, current events and politics. And he released a uh, it's a card game called Yes or No, where you're you're hit with a prompt and um, the host of of the the game. So. The host changes every turn, but the host uh, reads a prompt and everybody else at the table has to guess whether he would say yes or no to the prompt. So like if I pick a random one here, (laughs) um, let's do a a different random one. Uh, The automobile has made life better. Well, then I say either yes or no. Everybody else has to guess whether I say yes or no. And then you discuss the topic. Uh, Typically, sometimes you can just say yes or no and then be done and over with. But uh, you score points typically. It's a, a drinking game as well. So if you get it wrong, you drink. If you get it right, you celebrate and you drink. So uh, one of those drinking games. But uh, it's a cool game. And uh, what I do is when I don't have just a topic that I feel strongly about, I don't want to be the guy that just gets on here and talks, uh, which I guess that is kind of the whole thing that I do. But I don't want to be a guy that like forces myself to talk about a topic if I if I don't really have much to say on it. Um. Israel and Hamas, for example, <laughs> um, that's the one thing that I was tempted to talk about, but I just don't have uh, much to say about it other than pray for Israel. But um, I don't want to be that guy. So if I don't have much to talk about, then I'm going to pull out the yes or no game. I'm going to do something different where I'm given prompts or uh, I can discuss something different than just my own opinion um, or at least have a prompt to discuss my own opinion about something. So uh, that's what we're going to do today. Yes or no. Number three. I've got two other yes or no's out. Uh, the game is awesome. They have a conspiracy theory pack now. Uh, I absolutely hate conspiracy theories. Um, you know, they're fun to joke around about, but I just, I hate wasting time on them. So I probably will not be buying the conspiracy theory pack. Uh, but uh, they do have the conspiracy theory pack out now. And uh, it's it's really cool. It's a cool game. It's excellent if you're into meaningful conversations. I am. Uh, it's very difficult to have any sort of friendship with me uh without talking about something meaningful at some point just because i that's what i do i'm very open Uh, i like to talk with people about meaningful things i take life very seriously i take life very personally Uh, i look far into the future and so if you're going to be my friend we're going to have meaningful conversations and if you're not down for meaningful conversations there's a good chance that i really don't want to be your friend so uh that's kind of harsh but uh all that to say that I take these things very seriously. So this is a game that I own uh, that way that it's kind of an easier intro into some serious conversations with new friends or existing friends. So uh, I've just got a couple cards. Uh, some of these may be kind of funny. Um, I don't know how many we're going to do. 
my goal is to at least record for about 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, and then after that, maybe I'll do some like rapid fire, just pick one up to talk, you know, say the prompt and say yes or no, uh, and then move on. So guys, let's see, what is the first one? Um, this is kind of a, a different one. Uh, I would stick chewing gum under a desk. Uh, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting, but to me, uh, this sticks out. Uh, this is kind of like the shopping cart thing. Now, uh, I would stick chewing gum under a desk moving forward. No, have I? Yes. Uh, especially in school, I was the type of person at one point to stick chewing gum under a desk. I've never been the lowly, I've never been lowly enough of a person to leave a shopping cart. Uh, but the kind of person that would, uh, throw a piece of trash out the window or the kind of person that would stick chewing gum under a desk or, you know, if something, you know, trash is the only other one that I can think, but, uh, something kind of blows away. You don't even think about it or even walking past some trash and you say, that's not my problem. Uh, I was that type of person. Uh, I have a bookmark that my wife actually bought me, uh, that is quoted with how you do one thing is how you do everything. Uh, this is where this card strikes me as to, you know, why would you, why would you prompt somebody with this? I would stick chewing gum under a desk. Uh, what you're saying is that this chewing gum is not worth the walk to the trash, or I just don't really want it in my mouth right now. I don't care enough to take it to the trash. Uh, let's make it somebody else's problem and stick it under the desk. I think that is awful. Uh, I know that is awful. That kind of complacency and that kind of apathy for your, for the, the space around you, uh, creates fat and lazy people. Uh, to firsthand that <laughs> kind of apathy uh, on when I had that kind of apathy, it creates fat, fatness and laziness inside of me. Uh, that's, that's exactly what, what happened. That's how I got so fat and lazy was that kind of apathy uh, for, for my life and as a whole. Uh, so don't do that. Don't stick chewing gum under a desk, walk over there and take it to the trash. Uh, you know, I, I take that so far as, I say I take that so far. Um, there's only so much I can do and, and keep on my mission. So let's say in my rucks, uh, I don't go on other people's property typically unless I know them. Um, if something blows by me at a real quick rate of speed, I'm not going to chase it down. I got a 65 pound pack. Uh, don't need to blow a knee out. Um, there are some things that if I've bent over, like if I can't just keep going, <laughs> my the purpose of my ruck is to burn calories. Uh, I'm not going to pick up every little piece of trash that's in the street, but uh, the big ones, if somebody, you know, throws an alcohol bottle out, uh, I'm going to pick that up. If it's a, you know, a toot and totem sack that's not blowing around everywhere and it's easy for me to pick up and I'm close to a trash can, I'm going to pick it up. I'm not going to hold somebody else's trash for the next 20 minutes while I go find a trash can because uh, it's gross and there's germs on it. Um, but uh, I, I take it very seriously to clean up the community around me and especially make sure that my my area my presence uh, is a benefit for the community. You know, it's, it's so far when, when you have this mentality, this, how you do one thing is how you do everything. It's almost, it, it almost hurts more to leave it. Uh, and I, I'm super proud of the fact that I've built up that mentality. I'll, I'll talk, you know, a little bit about, uh, my ruck yesterday. It was tough. I've been dealing with some leg stuff, some nerve stuff, and I, I just had to lock in. Um, I, I don't know if it's a nerve or what, I don't know if I've got a strained muscle, but it, my rucks have been tough lately, but I have to do them. Uh, I have no other choice than to do them. And, uh, I had to lock in. It was more like, make sure every step is, is good. Make sure every step you have solid footing. Uh, make sure you're, you're, I had to listen to my body and say, okay, do I need to slow down? Do I need to speed up? Do I need to stop for a second? 
um i really really had to lock in and while i was rucking you know it's, it's just constant movement forward it's constant thought about where i'm stepping what i'm doing uh to prevent this pain and this discomfort and so uh while i was doing that i i tend to look down at my feet a lot it's not very smart i should look up uh, i do when i get to intersections and stuff like that but uh, i saw a screw in the road and because i was so locked in i walked past it and uh I thought about it like three or four steps later and I was like, oh, that's a screw in the road. That's going to end up in somebody's tire. I was miles away from my house. Um, really, what does it matter to me? I mean, it really doesn't matter to me. Uh, but um, if it was at my house, I definitely would have picked it up. And as I was walking, I mean, I kept walking and I was like, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to at least turn back and pick it up. Uh, so I kept thinking about it and I was like, well, you know, this may not be your house. It may not be your street, but it is your neighborhood. This is this is your city. These are your neighbors. Uh, what happens if that ended up in somebody else's tire? And so on my way back around, I actually wasn't going to go back there. But on my way back around, I took 20 extra steps, uh, went and picked up the screw because it was nagging me. It was really, really nagging me. Uh, this is something that I'm almost ashamed to admit, but proud that I corrected uh, the Q-tips, I would try to throw the, you know, throw the Q-tips in the bathroom trash. And occasionally I'm not LeBron James, I would miss. And so, uh, used to, it would be like, Oh, whenever I take the trash out, more likely whenever DLN takes the trash out, it'll get picked up. I'm not going to go through the effort of bending over and trying to pick it up off the bathroom floor. You know, um, it's just a Q-tip. Now I can't do that. Absolutely cannot do that. If I throw a Q-tip at the trash can and it misses, it's full stop right there. I'll think about it for the rest of my day, for the rest of the week. Uh, I literally have gone back and let's say we're like hustling out of the house. I'll throw a Q-tip and it'll miss and I'll realize it. But you know how it goes when you're when you're in the middle of something, you're rushing out of the house, throw a Q-tip, uh, miss, and then you're already at the door by the time you realize that you missed. And I'm like, man, you know, we're, we're out the door, we're hustling. Uh, that sucks that I missed it. Maybe I'll pick it back up, you know, when we get back home or something like that. I'll think about it. Um, and it, you know, I may forget, but even a week later, I'm like, bro, do you not remember that, that Q-tip that you missed in the trash can? It's still sitting in the floor. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Go pick it up. And so I'll go and I'll pick it up. Um, that kind of mindset is a very good place to be. That kind of mindset, I will tell you right now, has absolutely saved my life. Um, it, it just, it really has. It's made my marriage better. It's made my work better. Uh, have that type of mindset. And this all came from the card of, I would stick chewing gum under a desk. Absolutely not. Do not do that. Uh, evaluate your priorities. Evaluate um, your standards if you stick chewing gum under a desk. And I mean it. Uh, it sounds like a small thing, but I 100% mean it. And if you fix that type of behavior, you will go very far. Um, Let's see. Office jobs are... Okay, this is a good one. Office jobs... Office jobs are more harmful to your health than manual labor. No, um, they're not more harmful. Uh, I think it's six in one, half a dozen in the other, if not in the other direction. Uh, manual jobs can be, I think, more harmful to your health than office jobs. Uh, you know, what? let's think about what a job is. For many people, a job is a way to fund uh, the things that they like to do. <laughs> Uh, the things that they have to do and the things that they like to do. It funds survival and it funds uh, play. That's that's what a job is, is you go to work so that you can make money so that you can do other things, whether that's just eat uh, or whether that is go and 
uh, go to the beach and have a bunch of vacations, whatever your job looks like, uh, whatever level of funds that you acquire from that job, uh, that's what a job is for. Very, very few people actually have a job um, that they are passionate about or that they do for some other reason than the money. I wish that was different, and I think it should be different. Uh, I think if people, I know it's not always possible, but I think if people uh, found a way and pursued their, uh, you know, pursued their their actual passions for money instead of just getting whatever job they think uh, is going to pay the bills, I think that would be a much better world. But that's not really what it is. So, uh, office jobs are more harmful to your health than manual labor. I don't think so. Uh, I think manual labor guys. Um, th- this is just in my in my observation. A lot of them are kind of healthy guys, and I say that uh, I've seen I, really healthy people sometimes have manual labor jobs, and it's because they have manual labor jobs. I think about the farmer that lived ninety years, uh, the farmer that you know lives to be ninety four years old. I know office guys that live to be ninety four years old too. Um, for me, I think that an office job coupled with a very very good set of habits uh, and priorities outside of your job is far more beneficial than somebody that may have their habits and priorities right and still work a manual labor job. Uh, I think that having an office job uh, allows you to have the freedom to uh, exercise and be physical in the ways that you need to, in the ways that are healthy for your body. And I know that sounds, it's really not, it's, it's a false dichotomy. I guess is is what I'm trying to say. It really doesn't matter, but I've seen people work themselves to death. Um, particularly number one, because they think that they don't have to have good habits because they have an office job or uh, a manual labor job. I'm talking about the manual labor guys that go in and even though they're burning 4,500 calories a day or something pouring concrete, uh, they just eat like trash. I mean, they, they eat gas station burritos 24 uh, seven. Those, those types of guys, uh, eventually it catches up to them. You know, they'll take one step up uh, from their manual labor job. And then let's say they're sitting in a truck for the majority of their day and then they'll gain 50 pounds. Um, I think it's important to be intentional about the way that you burn your calories, but I guess I don't, I don't think that one is really worse than the other. Uh, I think that obviously I'm more biased towards an office job because I have one. Uh, but to me, I think it allows you to be more intentional about your health and it requires you to be more intentional about your health. Uh, and it doesn't it doesn't take away from your health. Let me put it that way. I don't think office jobs take away from your health, especially not the good ones where uh, you can have a standing desk or you can take walks in the middle of your day. Uh, you know, the office jobs that aren't stressful, that that uh, the office jobs that don't give you constant headaches, those types of office jobs, I think, are the best for somebody that truly wants to be healthy and have their priorities straight outside of work. Uh, manual labor jobs. I think you can be a healthy person and work a manual labor job. I think you have to be really intentional about it and not give yourself a free pass to eat like trash. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, I don't think, I don't think one is worse than the other. I think these guys that, uh, you know, they have a manual labor job and they, (laughs) I get a lot of, you know, Oh, sitting in an office, make you fat. Uh, Not really. Um, sitting in an office will make you fat if you don't prioritize your health, but I know a lot of fat manual labor guys, and I know a lot of manual labor guys who they may not be fat, but they're entirely unhealthy. They have drinking problems. They, whatever the case may be, um, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's one or the other. So I'll get off of that. Uh, the politics of where I live matter to me, of course. Yeah, 
Uh, the politics of where I live, they're very, very important. Now, I will say that politics, they follow a gradation of, of priority. What do I mean by that? The politics of your family matter most. Uh, the politics of you and your wife, that matters most. You need to be aligned on politics, or at the very least, you need to discuss them often and try to come into alignment uh, so that you can present a strong front to your children. Your children may have different ideas. Your children may waver, but you and your wife need to be solid politically. You need to do a good job of explaining to your kids uh, your politics, why you feel that way about your politics, not just the liberals are dumb, uh, you know, or the Republicans are stupid. That's that's not good political commentary. Uh, you need to make sure that the politics of your house are straightforward. You need to make sure that they're well explained. You need to understand your own ideas uh, before you start to criticize the world around you. But next is the world around you, your neighbors, uh, the people that you interact with on a daily basis. The politics of those people are very important to me. Why, why are they important to me? Uh, number one, it allows me to have those meaningful conversations. Um, you know, there was something a while back. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if it was one of these cards. I don't think so. I think I've looked through every single one of them today. Uh, but there was something where some, something came out where it said that like rural people are on average more smart than or have more meaningful conversations than, than urban people. I don't know. It was this dichotomy between rural and urban and who, who was more intelligent. And that may be a conversation that I had with somebody else. I don't remember, but, uh, regardless, I, I think that there is a chance that, um, you know, rural people, people that come from like-minded communities, uh, I think that they do have an advantage over some some urban people these days, uh, because you're actually because you have like-minded politics, you can have deeper conversations about uh, the world around you because you're not scared to offend somebody twenty-four-seven. Um, I don't have deep conversations with people that are just on the complete other side of the political you know the political aisle than I am. Uh, I just don't. <laughs> it's because they will nonetheless get offended about something small now i say that i do occasionally but um surrounding myself with people that have like-minded ideas allows me to get much deeper into those ideas and uh and expand my depth um you know it, i've had fun i've had a good time with people that don't think like i do uh it's it's not that difficult i'm pretty sure i work with some of them that don't think like i do and we have decent conversations i can get along with them uh, but we're not going to, we're not going to talk about, you know, the true meaning of life. We're probably not going to get into, into religion. Um, we're probably not going to get into, uh, family dynamics and we're especially not going to get into politics because they, you know, they and I really disagree on some things and I'm not talking about slight disagreement. You know, Jonah and I, we have slight disagreements and Jonah's very stubborn and I'm very stubborn and we both always think that we're right. Uh, but it's very, very slight disagreements. Um, if you have somebody that's just so far on the other side of the aisle, there's almost not a single meaningful conversation to be had there. There's just really not. And it's because they're so far on the other side. You're, you're too busy discussing the trivial aspects of what they believe versus the, the true meaning of it. Um, very few and far between. And so the politics of where I live matter. Uh, that's a big reason is so that I can have meaning in my life. It's so that I can talk about meaningful conversations and talk about meaningful topics with people and, form those better relationships. Uh, the other reason that politics matters where I live is number one, because I have political opinions. I have political opinions. And if I'm going to go out into the, into Amarillo every single day and have to face 
these counter political opinions, that's going to get very, very old. Uh, it's going to get very tiresome. You know, if I have to go into uh, Amarillo and constantly be worried about, uh, you know, the police here uh, giving me, you know, giving me hell for carrying a gun. If it, you know, I walk around my neighborhood and I open carry in my neighborhood. Why do I open carry in my neighborhood? Because it's hard to conceal carry with a pack on. Um, you can't put a shirt over a pack and then put a hip belt over your shirt and expect to get your, to your gun in any reasonable amount of time. Um, you can put your pack on, but then your shirt's going to be all lifted up over the belt. It's going to be awful. So I open carry. Um, typically, you know, my shirt goes on, uh, my gun goes on, and then I'll wear like a, a hoodie or something over it, tuck the hoodie behind the gun, put the belt over all of it. Uh, the reason I open carry is 90% because of dogs. Uh, I don't really feel like carrying bear spray. Um, if I have a dog that gets too, uh, that tests me a little bit too bad, they're just going to get lead poisoning. I, you know, that's, that's how it is. I'm not getting attacked by a dog and there's plenty of rowdy dogs in our neighborhood, even though we live in a nice neighborhood. So I open carry. If I, if somewhere where their politics, uh, the politics of where I live matter to me, if somebody was just wildly, uh, politically left of me and the whole town was like that, I mean, take. Uh, Seattle or Chicago or something like that, for example, I would constantly have to be worried about my safety. I may not even be able to carry a gun. Um, and that bugs me very bad or even even slightly. Let's say that we're at a, a city where I have the right. Um, maybe I have the right, but uh, everybody in the town disagrees with it. Let's say I'm in Austin or something like that. Uh, and I And I go to open carry. Well, number one, I know that there's probably going to be like three or four people uh, that look at me and just absolutely hate my guts. And there may be like four or five cops, uh, even cops that are so politically left that they uh, come and hassle me about it. Like, dude, why do you, why are you, why are you trying to scare people? Uh, why do you think that you have the right to just show your gun? You can't, you conceal it. I know you've got a sweatshirt on. Why don't you just put your sweatshirt over the gun? Like, I, I don't want to have to worry about that. I really don't want to have to worry about that. Or when I get stopped at a traffic stop, um, I don't, <laughs> if, if I get stopped in Austin, there's a very good chance they're going to be like, oh, I see you have your concealed carry. Why don't you step out of the car? Or uh, why don't you, you know, give me the gun or something like that? I don't want to have to deal with that. And in Amarillo, I don't. They see that I have a concealed carry. They don't care. Uh, they really don't care. They know that I'm a well-meaning citizen, that I just am concerned about my safety and the safety of my family. And we move on. Um, that's why politics matters. Uh, politics also matters because of your children. Okay. Uh, I'll take it a step further. When our kid, baby Rousher, uh, when they get to school age, they will not go into an Amarillo school. I will not put them into Amarillo ISD. I refuse. Okay. Because even the politics of the parents and some of the teachers are rough. Okay. They are so politically left sometimes. Um, I will not do that. Now I'm a big believer in public schools, just not those. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll probably end up in one of the small schools around here where they still might get exposed to some left-wing stuff. Uh, but the majority of it, the majority of it and the majority of the kids are going to have political influence in the way that I like to see it. Um, the politics of where I live matter to me. So even even Amarillo will be a little bit too much when I have kids and, and get ready to put them into school. And if I just have if for some reason everything goes wrong and in five years I can't afford a different house, uh, well, then we'll find homeschool or something. Uh, we have amazing homeschool co-ops here. We'll figure something out. Uh, but they're not going to go into Amarillo schools. I refuse. So, yes, the politics of where I live matter greatly to me. Um, 
Let's see. We should imprison everyone who drives slow in the fast lane. Yes. Uh, I have changed my mind on a major political issue in the last five years. Oh, man. Um, what have I changed my mind on in the past five years? Oh, let's see. I picked this one because I know there's something. I just, when I change my mind on something, I forget that I was ever wrong. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to do a segment. I think I have done a segment uh, called I Was Wrong, where I th take things that I was wrong about and I talk about them because I think it's important to admit when you were wrong. Uh, but I don't think it's important enough to remember why I was wrong because I want to forget that I was ever wrong. I don't like being wrong. Uh, let's see. What have I changed my mind on politically? Um, you know, I, I used to, for a second there, I was very, very anti-government in almost any form, uh, quasi libertarian. Um, I always, again, everybody, especially my family is like, Oh, libertarians are so stupid and correct. But I was never fully libertarian. Um, there was an argument there for, with some of my family members of like, you can't vote for libertarianism. And it's like, well, yes, you can vote for libertarianism. Um, you can vote for whoever you want to. And a vote for libertarianism isn't a vote for the other political party. That's not really how it goes. Um, and Republicans, I think, should take notes on some of the libertarian ideas, uh, especially at the state level. But uh, major political issues, I just I just thought that the government had like no place um, in everything. And now my philosophy is that proper government uh, is going to have a place in almost every aspect of our lives. Proper government, whether whether that place be we don't have a place here, but proper government needs to have an opinion on everything. And again, that opinion may be we don't have anything to do with this. Uh, for example, Second Amendment, I think that a proper government should say no. Uh, we don't have anything to do with the with the weapons that you own. Uh, we don't have anything to do uh, with with how you know what you own and and how you choose to defend your home. We don't have anything to do with that. A proper government should live like that, or a proper government should think like that. Uh, how am I trying to phrase this? Um, you know the the roads and the utilities and stuff like that. I used to think that it would you know privatize it all privatize everything. And the roads is funny because a lot of people that I agree with will argue for like privatized roads. Uh, I think that, um, you know, government regulated utilities are often, um, a good idea actually. Uh, you know, if you're going to have mass utilities, I think that it's a good idea to have a governing body that says, okay, here's how we're going to run this. And here's what you can charge. Uh, you know, that, that I I'm, how do I put this involved in, the those aspects uh i've seen a little bit of the inside of that and i think it it runs relatively well uh i think that there should be a lot of close eyes on that i think that we should elect good people into government to regulate that but as far as like roads go i have no problem with like private privately build built privately held roads with government regulations um government funded roads are stupid <laughs> they don't work very well uh, you know, publicly, I don't know, I don't know if it's publicly funded, but publicly re regulated utilities. I don't know what the actual term is for that. I think that they work relatively well. Um, so long as we're not subsidize subsidizing stupid things. Again, I'm a fan of proper government, not the government we have now. Let's talk about electricity. Uh, I think it's absolutely stupid to have a federally regulated utility, electric utility, and then mandate or even give incentives, 
uh, based on that utility. I think it's stupid. Well, I think it's stupid to give stupid incentives, actually. I think, I think a good government could give natural gas or nuclear incentives because it's intelligent. Um, I think that a government that gives incentives for windmills is dumb because they don't work. And if you're pulling away, uh, if you're pulling away attention from things that do actually work like natural gas and nuclear, uh, I think that that's silly. So let me put it this way. I think that a government should have interest in people's lives. I think should, it should occur at the lowest level possible. So for example, these publicly regulated utilities, maybe the state level is perfect. I don't think that there should be federal, uh, you know, any of the a federally regulated utility. I think that that's a little silly. Uh, state regulate, you know, state boards for utilities to, to manage how those things are run in the state. I think if you, instead of having TxDOT um, have complete control of the roads, maybe they even turn to private ownership with TxDOT regulation. I don't, I don't mind that at all. And I think that it would, it would be smart um, in a lot of ways. Uh, I think that government is necessary. Uh, I think that, it, and for the people who I, I pick up, I'm sure a lot of the libertarian or even anarchist types uh, from some of the uh, military-centered podcasts that I do, you know, think of Redacted or OTG, um, some of those guys to where I know that they have libertarian or anarchist uh, followers, and I may have picked some of y'all up. I'm sorry, but whether you want government or not, it's going to be there. Uh, <laughs> whether you want government or not, it's going to be there. If you take all power, every single bit of power away from the government, somebody will fill that, will fill that void. Somebody will come in and fill that void of power. It's going to happen. Um, you know, there's even an argument for, uh, well, I'll, I'll stay off of that. That's for, I need to be better research before I approach that topic. So I won't talk about that. Uh, we'll move to the next card. Well, I've changed my mind on a major political. What, what is one topic that I've changed my mind on recently? I would say the weed thing. Um, the weed thing. I don't see, man. I used to think that they should deregulate it. Um, you know, I used to think that it ought to be sold at convenience stores because the government mishandles it. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, I, I'm very conflicted on that. I haven't changed. Let me put it this way. I haven't made another decisive opinion on it. Um, I'm kind of stuck in limbo on it. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, you know, you go to Colorado and it's very clear that it's not really benefited the society at all. Um, you know, neither, neither it seems has their efforts on drugs. Uh, I don't know how the money is placed in the war on drugs in Colorado, but I was dodging needles downtown next to the Rocky stadium. So, uh, whatever they're doing isn't working. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I think that it should be at the lowest level possible. I used to think that um, no government should be able to to outlaw it. I don't think that anymore. Uh, alcohol, you know, I was very much like, no, I, I thought dry counties were stupid. Uh, still, to a certain extent, I think that they're stupid, but I used to think that like the government didn't have a right to say that there were no dry counties, and I do think that they have. I do think that they have a right. Um, I think that that's one hundred percent proper and necessary. Uh, if a community. If a community deems it proper and necessary, I think that they have a right to say no alcohol here, um, no weed here. So uh, I used to think that it should be allowed and that no state should be able to ban it. Uh, I don't think that anymore. Uh, another thing that I've changed my mind on or maybe gotten a little bit more 
uh, in depth on is, you know, the abortion argument. I used to think of like, yeah, well, you know, states, whatever. Um, if California wants to do that, I don't care. I don't think that way anymore. I, I think it's it's federally ridiculous that that any state is allowed to kill its unborn. Uh, and I'm a big fan of a national abortion ban. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. And I don't think that I don't I don't think it's going to happen overnight. And I think that even the next president or I think it would be a little bit silly um, for them to try to do it right now. Uh, I'm a big fan of, you know, small baby steps. And I know it sucks because in California, there's going to be millions of babies killed before we can actually make that that step. But you have to change the culture first. Uh, you have to change the culture first. And so uh, that takes small steps, just like the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Uh, I, I'm a, I am a fan of a federal abortion ban. I used to not be like that. I used to be like, yeah, whatever the states want to do, the states states rights. Um, a, a general turn in my fit in my philosophy is that I think that there are issues that the federal government needs to regulate. I think that if you want to have a cohesive government, um, a cohesive government that, uh, or a, a cohesive institution at any level, uh, that it needs to have some sort of stake, uh, some sort of say in the way that its citizenry is run. And I think the federal government ought to. I think that an issue like abortion is a national issue. I think if we as a nation cannot agree on the fact that we shouldn't bur- you know, murder uh, unborn babies, then I don't think that that's a nation that's going to survive very long. Uh, and I, and I, I say that. I mean, we've disagreed for plenty of years, uh, but I think that it's in the federal government's interest to make sure that things like that uh, to make sure that things like that are done right and proper. And again, under a proper government, I'm not saying that we should hand Joe Biden the keys to the second amendment. That's not what I'm saying. I think that that's an issue that, um, that doesn't need to be messed, doesn't need to be touched by government. Uh, but there are issues that government has a stake in that government should regulate. So I'll get off of that. I've changed my mind on a major political issue in the last five years, kind of a iffy topic. Um, I don't know if I answered it well. Here's another political card. Donald Trump has been a net good for the Republican Party. That's a hard one to answer. Um, and I don't know that I'll, I'll talk about what I see right now. Um, I don't know that I have enough experience uh, before Trump and after. You know, I was 16 when Trump got Trump got elected, maybe 17 when Trump got elected. I think I just turned 17 when Trump got elected. Uh, I couldn't even vote for Trump. I don't think I, I think voting's at 18, not 16. Yeah. Um, didn't even vote for Trump. So I don't really know. Uh, I don't know about the status of the Republican Party. I would venture to say that Donald Trump has been a net good, yes. And every day he reaches closer to a net bad. Um, Donald Trump, net good. I think at today, uh, what is it? October 14th, October 15th. Uh, October 15th, 2023, Donald Trump is a net good for the Republican party. Uh, that, that net good is dwindling very quickly. Um, I think that he exposed a lot of, uh, complacency inside the Republican party. I think that he kind of woke people up to, uh, politics. I think that, uh, shockingly, it seems like he actually garnered a lot more of the minority vote than, than what any other Republican could, uh, because you've got, you know, Cuban refugees that, um, look at Trump and they like him. Uh, you've got Cuban refugees that see how good it was, uh, during the first two years of the Trump presidency and say, I want it more like that. Uh, I think you've got 
black people that are tired of being told, uh, you know, by the Democratic Party that they are lesser than and they need all of these things. I think they say, hey, look, uh, this guy, this party uh, in, in what is it, 2017, 2018, uh, they respected us. And, you know, the, the biggest form of respect for uh, any community, uh, any minority, any community, the biggest form of respect is giving them a government that allows them to thrive. Uh, and I think that people uh, of all sorts, uh, especially minorities, saw that. Uh, I say especially minorities. A lot of minorities saw that and said, hey, man, when this guy got into the party, things were good. Uh, things were good. The economy was good. We had a rough, a rough eight years under Obama. Um, this stuff is trending up, and I like it. Um, so I think he's been a net good. I think his foreign policy was very good. Uh, I think that he's fostered a uh, a sense of intolerance for our politicians that is good. I think that you know he is he he demanded a sense of accountability in some ways that I don't think he delivered on a lot. Like his old drain the swamp thing, I don't think he really delivered on that. I mean, Anthony Fauci was still in there. Um, a lot of his cabinet members were part of the swamp. Um, a lot of, I don't think he really drained the swamp, but I think he instilled that attitude into a lot of Republicans. And that's the weird thing with Trump is that, um, the attitude he instilled in Republicans, uh, if they slightly turned that attitude towards him, uh, he would no longer be relevant at all. Um, I'm talking things like, uh, the, the criminal justice, what was it? The second chance act or something like that. Uh, the quote unquote criminal justice reform that he did was, was ignorant. Uh, didn't he give like Mark Milley a medal? Uh, Fauci, his handling of COVID was awful. Um, honestly, uh, he did step back a little bit and let governors do what they needed to do, but he was constantly having Fauci out there. And I don't know what I would have done in this situation. I mean, global pandemic information rolls fast. Uh, I know I saw through it pretty quickly. Um, but, uh, as a president, no clue, uh, what I would do, but I know that he took it way too far. Um, you know, past the point where we had reliable data that said, hey, we don't need to be doing this, this, and this anymore. He was still pushing that. He was still going with Fauci, despite the fact that, that Fauci had absolutely no clue. Um, I, well, he had a clue, just, despite the fact that Fauci was just blatantly lying on, on national television. Um, I, I, but back to the point, I think that if Republicans actually, instead of just, you know, holding him up as their king, if they actually took this this mentality that he fostered in 2016, 2017, um, if they took that mentality that he fostered and looked at him through that same lens, they would be like, hey, man, uh, you suck. Like, and, and I really think that he does. I, I, I think that um, he had some good governance. I think that as a president, he did good. Uh, I think that he hires awful lawyers. I think that he's absolutely under a witch hunt. Um, I think that half of his cases are absolute BS. I think that it's awful uh, that that he that that some of the things that they're doing to him, like the the business case in New York. I think it's terrible. Um, they're just going to throw him in prison for no other reason than just being Trump, uh, and that shouldn't be allowed to happen. Uh, I think you know whatever he gets convicted of, I don't know what's going to happen, but either he should pardon himself or whatever the next president should pardon him. Um, from whatever they say he's done, because it's an absolute witch hunt. Uh, they would never hold their own people to their to their own standard. Uh, but I, I think that he's done a lot of bad things too. You know, you look at the classified documents case, and 
it's like what what do you do every time you go on a road trip for a holiday do you just go 95 the whole way some some of you might but on thanksgiving you're not going to drive 95 uh with a beer in your hand on the highway why because there's cops everywhere okay you're not going to do that uh, you should never have a beer in your hand whether there's cops out or not but using it as an example uh that's the level of irresponsibility you know at 2 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day or the day before Thanksgiving Day, uh, 5 p.m. in the afternoon, uh, driving down the road at 100 miles an hour with a beer in your hand. That's stupid to do on the interstate because you know there's going to be a cop at every single mile. That's exactly what he did with the classified documents case. That's exactly the level of irresponsibility we're talking about with the classified documents case. Um, He absolutely set himself up for that. Do I think that he should be convicted of it? Absolutely not because they would never hold their own people to that standard. They would never hold their own people to that standard. And I think convicting him is going to just do a bunch of bad things. Um, Hillary wasn't held to that standard. Biden isn't. Nobody is, except for low-level people that touch classified documents that nobody knows their name. Those people are held to that standard, but um, nobody else is uh, at his level. But I think it's just absolutely stupid. I don't think he should get a presidential nomination because of it. I think that his own people should look at him and be like, dude, you're dumb. You're dumb. You don't have our best interest in mind if that's what you're doing. Let's say that he really did have our best interest in mind uh, and he wanted to be president again so that he could actually govern for the good of the people. If he really had that, he wouldn't be flaunting his uh, his classified documents. Trump cares about Trump and makes some good decisions occasionally. That was not one of them. And it was very stupid and it was very arrogant. Uh, I think the Republicans should hold him to a higher standard. And I think the more that he does crap like that, um, the more that he's going to do some of that stuff, uh, in, in his presidency, it'll be a net bad. Um, here's the other thing. I think we need to win. Uh, I think that as Republicans, um, the important thing is winning. That's kind of like primary is winning. I don't think that that should come at the cost of our virtues, but I also don't think that you know, you should look at what little you might dislike about Ron DeSantis and and stand completely on virtue and never vote for DeSantis because number one, I guarantee you Trump's Trump's worse, especially on like abortion. Trump will say anything that he needs to say. Uh he really will to to win to win. And and Trump Trumpians, uh Trumpsters, whatever you call them, Trump fans will absolutely ignore it. Uh I know ardent pro life people who either haven't heard or refuse to hear, uh, refuse to listen to some of Trump's uh, comments on abortion. Did he get Amy, you know, did he get the Supreme Court? Did he create the Supreme Court that overturned Roe? Yeah, but he's also flipped on that issue because he thinks that it'll help him win. Um, I think that, I don't think we should throw our virtues out the window to win, but I also think we do need to win. If we don't win, then we're just virtue signaling, that's it. And we're giving money to people who aren't winners. And I don't think that Trump can win. Um, I, I I don't know. He might. I mean, he might in 22, uh, whatever it is, 24. Uh, he might in 24. I don't think he will. I think that there's enough people that absolutely hate Trump that'll come out. I think that this election needed to be about how can we, how can we get somebody in the office that is going to govern the way that we that we think it ought to be governed without stirring up all the blue hairs in California or honestly the other states, Georgia, Arizona, the states that, that turn either way. Uh, how do we do that without stirring up all the blue hairs that are just going to come vote um, for the sake of voting against Trump? 
how do we do that? And I think Ron DeSantis was the answer. And I think that Trump, uh, honestly, I think he massively let the party down by even running for president. I think that he should have stepped aside and, and let DeSantis run for president. Um, I think that he should have endorsed DeSantis. Um, I think that it would have been a net good for the Republican party. Had he, I think it was still, I think Donald Trump was still a net good, but every day it dwindles every day it dwindles. Um, and I think if, I, I think if he continues to run, I think he'll be a net bad very quickly. And if it, I mean, if you think that I'm being ridiculous, he, he's not even paying, he's not even paying the legal fees. Number one, almost all of his donations are going to his own legal fees, not his campaign. Uh, number two, he's not even paying the legal fees for the people around him that he got into trouble. And so I don't, I don't really like that. Um, that, that seems very awful to me. I think that if he was the person that all, all of his fans thought that he was, that he would be paying for those legal fees. And he's not, I mean, we're talking about January 6th stuff that I don't really want to discuss it. it it's so boring to me. Um, so ridiculous, but, um, the election BS where, He's running this cabinet, and do they have their own agency? Yeah. Uh, do, could they have stepped out? Could they have made other decisions? Yeah. But um, because of his own hubris and because of his own arrogance and because of his, his lack of willingness to um, really do what's best for the party, he put them in a position where now they're getting put into court and having to pay their own legal fees, and I think that that's ridiculous. I think that he should have paid their legal fees as a leader. I think that, that he should be taking that burden on himself. Um, because everything goes directly back to him and his behavior. Uh, I think that that's, that's wrong, um, for him not to pay his, his, his people's legal fees. So I think he's quickly becoming a net bad. Um, let's see, I'm at 45 minutes. Um, I think that's all the ones I picked out. I'll do, I don't know if I want to do rapid fire or not. Uh, let's see. What is this one? Uh, die hard is a Christmas movie. Yes. Cell phones have made us slaves. No. Uh, in 2020, Joe Biden won more votes than any previous president in history. I think the election was rigged. Uh, I don't think that they were all fake votes. I think that Joe Biden did probably actually win the election, but I do think that they rigged it. Uh, let me put it this way. I think that there were valid votes, uh, that got Joe Biden the election, but I think it was rigged in the way that, um, they shut down actual discourse. Uh, the media just covered for Joe Biden constantly and they changed all the rules of the election changed all the rules of the election um, because of COVID and because they knew that it would help Democrats. So uh, in 2020, Joe Biden won more votes than any previous president in history. Yeah, I think so. Probably. Um, I have been vaccinated for COVID-19. No. Um, Let's see. I'm close friends with someone who has pronouns in their bio. Nope. Uh, That's actually a requirement for, um, I won't friend you on any social media if you have pronouns in your bio. I just won't. Uh, you can be the coolest person in the world, but uh, if you're willing to accept that lunacy, I won't friend you. Um, I may email back and forth at work with you, but I won't friend you on social media. Uh, let's see. Hmm. The war on drugs did more harm than good. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think it did. I don't know. Or oh, sorry. The war on drugs did more good than harm. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, Bitcoin is worthless uh, to me. Yeah. Uh, Men and women can be just friends. That's a deeper topic. I may save that for one flesh. Uh, Transgender surgery should be banned for everyone. Correct. Yes. 
Uh, you should marry your high school sweetheart. Already covered that. I own crypto. Nope. Uh, let's see. Uh, Donald Trump was the best president we have ever had. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't. I was didn't live through a lot of presidents. I don't understand history well enough uh, to say a yes or a no. I think that in my lifetime, he was the best president in those two years. I think his last two years, um, he really got hamstring. I don't know if hamstring is a word, but um, he really got screwed on the last two years by COVID and the media um, and just society in general. But I think his first two years were the best president since 1999 at the very least. Um, let's see. Um, paternity leave is just an excuse for a vacation. Yes. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, I think that companies should value families uh, and that they should give the, uh, they should give the guy time off to help take care of his wife. Um, let's see. Some type of universal hair care. Uh, sweet. Uh, I think that's it. That's all that I'm going to talk about guys. I hope you enjoyed this segment. Um, it's like I said, what I do when I don't want to just talk about meaningless stuff. Um, I don't want to just insert my own opinion into a microphone. If I don't have something, uh, that I feel is important to talk about, I don't want to make, I don't want to, I don't, let me put it this way. I don't want to create problems, uh, just to create solutions. I don't want to create problems just to have solutions. Uh, if I see a problem, I'll talk about it. But today was one of those days where it's like, dude, I really don't know what to talk about. Um, I have things to talk about, but I don't want to talk about them yet. I don't have fully fleshed out ideas. It would be a half-assed podcast. So instead, I wanted to do the yes or no game. I enjoy it. Uh, I'm going to get a little bit deeper on some of these maybe in the future. Uh, hopefully, he you know puts out a new pack, kind of like Cards Against Humanity. I can get some more prompts. Uh, I don't know what, what it looks like in the future, but uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good segment. And uh, you should tune into the One Flesh podcast on Wednesdays, where we talk all things marriage. Um, and tune into the Purpose podcast. Every single Sunday, we're going to have some cool guests on uh, coming up. A uh, little uh, teaser, yes or no, guys. I hope to have them on again pretty soon. They went and actually, uh, their first time elk hunting in the West, they shot an elk uh, with a bow. Uh, full frontal, I think they said it was like 82 yards. Uh, massive success. So proud of those guys. Uh, one of my dreams is to go and shoot an elk like they did. I mean, first time out in Colorado, they went and got an elk. Uh, they had help from... A lot of people and and the Lord himself, but uh, really cool guys. So we're going to talk to them about that. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. I don't know if it'll be next week or the week after, but uh, guys, I'm really excited for the stuff that we have on the podcast. Um, keep tuning in. Let me know what you like. Follow me at the underscore purpose podcast on Instagram, and I'll see y'all later. Thanks. <laughs>